welcome to Estradile Illusions. This episode sets a record at our show. We've never had more than four people on a podcast, if everybody remembers our beloved Game of Thrones recaps, which uh, were always, especially in the early days of the show, so fun to learn how to edit when you're editing four people's audio tracks. But today, we've decided to top that, and now we have five people. We have the directors and the stars of the new documentary, Jack and Yaya, which is a very interesting trans-narrative, and I'm super excited to have everybody on board because I'm sure there's going to be so many fascinating things to talk about. Uh, so why don't we go around and everybody can introduce themselves. Uh, I, You know, from, from earlier podcasts, I've learned that the easiest way to do that is just to ask people to go first because you don't want four people jumping in all at once. Um, Mary, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Hi, I'm Mary Huey. I'm one of the co-directors of Jack and Yaya. And Jen? I'm Jen Bagley. I'm one of the co-directors of Jack and Yaya. I also edited it, and um, along with Mary, and was the DP. And Jack? Hi, I'm Jack, and um, I guess I was just one of the subject matters of Jack and Yaya, and... Uh, you know, proud best friend of Yaya. And Yaya. Hi, I'm Yaya. I'm the star of the film. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm Yaya. I'm Jack's hopefully best friend and only best friend that put up with him for the past 30 years that you got to see in the film. <laughs> so as you can, uh, you the listeners can probably tell from uh, the... Uh, obvious affection that we've just witnessed between uh, the two stars. Jack and Yaya is a film about two trans people who have a 30-plus year-long friendship. And uh, both of you uh, embarked on your journey of transition uh, later in life, but uh, the the film really covers sort of the, the origins of the friendship and uh, how you guys found companionship in each other. Do you want to talk about sort of the, the origins of your friendship? Sure. Do you want to go first, Jack? You got it. I mean, you're older. Go for it. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we, her family has uh, always lived in the you know same house, and my family moved next door in 1987. Um, and the day we moved in, my mom and dad and I um, – you know, got to the house and my dad and I went to the backyard to kind of check it out. And she was there with her uncle and, um, we just kind of like went up to the fence and just like looked at each other. I remember being like, Oh, there's a kid next to me. Like I have a next door neighbor. And, um, we just hit it off right away and just started playing. And our friendship basically from the moment we met just, um, was really unique. We had a lot of, uh, almost intuitive uh, feelings about each other where we both just like, you know, all right, let's play. Let's play house. Okay. You're the mom. I'm the dad. Um, and it was like, great. That's exactly what I had in, in, in mind. Um, and there's a scene in the film where we talk about when the first time she comes to my house, um, she puts on my mom, she goes into my mom's closet and just goes like, as if she had already been to our house before. This is the first time she goes right to my mom's closet and puts on her high heels. Um, and I just remember thinking, okay, well, this is this is my friend. This is what we're doing. Um, and then through lots of growing up of being silly and torturing our younger siblings and 
uh, you know, casting witch spells and, and just growing up kind of little South Jersey terrors. Um, our friendship has just always gotten closer and closer. And as we got older, I think um, recognizing the unique positions we are, we found ourselves in and kind of relying on each other to navigate that. And um, yeah, I think that our friendship has actually just get gotten even more tight and tighter throughout the years. It's, we talk to each other every day. We've already talked to each other this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, our friendship has always been like so closely knit. Um, we just, it's, it's such a hard feeling to actually describe unless you felt it with something else before or someone else before to where you just, you can look at someone and have zero words um, like almost like a telepathic bond that we had from the start, which prompted my constant reminder to him that he was my soulmate and that soulmates weren't always romantically involved, that sometimes they were friends that were destined to be together forever, um, in which he doesn't really have much of a choice in being now. Uh, but, you know, we kind of just continue to grow like through our different stages of, of who we were with and who we are with our, um, with our gender identity. And the more we grew in the direction that we are headed right now, I mean, you know, we still have a longer, a long way to go. Um, the more we grew closer to the people who we are true to become, um, the, I don't know if we ever thought we could even be as close as we are. Like we are, even closer and continuously get close as time moves on, which is, I, I mean, I never thought I could be as close as we are still, you know, and keep getting closer. It's such a weird thing, but it's a great thing. Like, you know, which is a great part of the help that we have had from each other through our transition. So my next question is for uh, Jen and Mary. Uh, with while watching the documentary and, and, and listening to the exchanges between Jack and Yaya, I mean it, it's very obvious that there's a lot of material for a film in their friendship and uh, just kind of the energy that you see that they bring out of each other. But for you as a as a filmmaker, how did uh, how did you how did you come to to how did you all find each other? I guess is the question I'm trying to ask. Um, well, yeah. So, uh, Jack and I, um, met each other in 2010. Um, we had both just moved to Boston. So we were both kind of like new and looking for friends and we just kind of happened to meet through my, my roommate. Um, and then we became really close friends quickly and have remained good friends. Um, and you know, it wasn't until like m many years later and, you know, it was kind of like, it was like right near, it was around Christmas time in 2016. And I had just been talking to Jack, I think, and I, he'd probably been telling me about some, you know, adventure him and Yaya had been on and something about that conversation kind of, kind of struck me. Um, and, um, I don't have a background in film, but Jen has been doing work since, you know, she was out of college. Um, and since, you know, we're partners, I was like, Hey, what, what would you think about doing some type of project with Jack and Yaya? Um, and that's kind of where it started. And, you know, we, at first we were like, oh, I don't know what we're going to do. Okay. Maybe we could do a short. And then, you know, we quickly realized that there was just so much there that couldn't be contained into, you know, 10, 20, 30 minutes. And so then kind of the rest is history. 
Yeah, I, I, I think that's... Um, it's hard to think, you know, 2010 doesn't feel that, that long ago, and yet at the same time, it feels... Well, I, I mean... In the middle of coronavirus, last week feels like a long time ago, but uh, on a on a on a broader scale, uh, it doesn't seem like like that uh, long amount of time. I was actually in Boston in 2010. I was I went to BC from uh, 2009 to 2013, um, and I know you guys in the film talk about uh, a little bit of um, homophobia that uh, Jack experienced at at the MFA, but. Um, before I get into that, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk in the news about, well, a certain somebody who wrote uh, a children's book series has taken it upon herself to uh, become the uh, bastion of, of anti-transgender uh, commentary across the world. But um, there's, there's still a lot of toxicity uh, facing trans people, even within the, the, the community. And I guess, can we... Uh, can you talk a little bit about how uh, it was in Boston for uh, members of the community back then? Yeah. Um, so I would say that uh, I find Boston to be a pretty liberal, safe, uh, relatively safe space. Um, I really never experienced a lot of, you know, or anything like that, but I I, I didn't think I would. Um, and then, yeah, one of the only times in Boston that I had any sort of uh, funny, like, run-ins was um, at a very liberal art uh, museum, the MFA in Boston, and somebody had, you know, basically just a stranger came up to me and asked me if I was a real man. And when I said yes, he said, well, do you have a penis? And, and, and it was just so shocking to me because I had, like I said, felt pretty safe in Boston. I felt like it was a liberal community. Um, and just to realize that we have so much still to learn from each other and about our communities and the intersections of all of our communities. Um, it was just pretty eye-opening. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm a, educator in Boston. I teach kindergarten and first grade, uh, for an after school program. And even there, uh, I came out to the community in, in Boston and felt very welcomed. Um, and so I think that it was just like kind of interesting that there's, there's definitely a two steps forward and one step back, uh, narrative in the trans community. And, um, I guess in all, we're learning all facets of our marginalized folks of how we how we're all just still learning um so yeah i guess that's kind of where i stand on it is i guess that one author i guess you who will not be named like uh i you know i haven't really i don't that's such a good way to put it i'm sorry that was such yeah. a good way because that's like how they describe things in the book <laughs> he who should not be named that was really i love that that should be on a shirt i'm gonna make it you're welcome okay keep going i'm sorry <laughs> I um yeah I, I kind of just realized I'm not gonna give her that much of my like brain power so I did I haven't even I like know that she's like you know saying terrible things in the corner over there and I'm trying to just like ignore her being like we have a bigger I'm here to like help and educate and promote and be proud and share stories and I just kind of gave her like the I just shut her out of my I didn't not paying any attention and I know that might not be good but that's what I'm doing 
Well, I mean, it's kind of unfortunate. Like we, we sh- this this person has uh, done a couple of these that have been kind of coincidentally timed with some of uh, other episodes, and it's kind of this annoying realization that uh, when I look back on like our, our our pride coverage in a year from now, I can basically track track the rowling outbursts by our episodes to get people <laughs> responding to their very uh anyway um i kind of had a related question for for yaya because you you um sort of uh reached the decision that you wanted to transition after you had been involved with the drag community and um sort of similarly faced some uh, uh pushback from uh, some people including your own brother could you talk a little bit about that yeah. Um, so growing up, you have all these things like in your face, like telling you like what you are and what you aren't and what you should be and what you should not be. And it causes this like immense amount of confusion. But the one thing I knew I wasn't was a boy. I just didn't know what it was called. I didn't know what term I could use or anything. And you had these shows everywhere showing like on Jerry Springer, like this was a man and this is a man and all these things that like portrayed it to be so bad. And I was like, but I can't be that. Cause I'm, I'm not a man. So like it, it my life, essentially became confusing and what happened was when we would be when we would be out when we would go out in the city in Philadelphia you would see trans women lashing out rightfully so years later that I now I know why they were lashing out it makes perfect sense to me like where you see certain ways that people act and and do certain things and it makes you think wait I'm not like that either so you get confused and then there was this one day that I you know what I my brother said oh you're we're going to go to a drag show and I'm going to compete and you're going to love it you're going to want to compete later and I was like okay and I also said I'm probably not going to want to compete I'm probably just going to watch and of course within seconds I was like oh my god yeah I'm totally I'm competing next week I'm going to do this and then I never wanted to take the be out of drag. And so as it continued on, um, I met trans women in drag. And I was confused at first because as I'm looking at them, I'm going, you, when they started to undress and then they had breasts and they were so soft and so feminine, their voices, I was like, I didn't know girls did this too. And then the one woman sat me down and was like, oh, well, no, honey, this is what I do. This is who I am. I'm this. And then she explained it to me. And then, of course, I got my little fingers onto the internet and found a whole bunch of trans performers. And I started looking at them and watching them and going, oh my God, so this is, this is beautiful. This is who I am. This is what I'm supposed to be. And then I started to reach out into it. And what happened was my brother, like everyone else, even to this day, like, like the author who shall not be named, only saw these bad portrayals of trans women and was like, that can't be you. And then we had a long discussion about like, everything and he was like I'm and at the bottom line of everything was that he was just scared that something would happen to me because that's all you ever see I mean you obviously still see it at this moment in our right now in 2020 it it has escalated unbelievably with the the tragedies that are are plaguing the um black trans community and my brother's like I don't want that for you and I was like well I'm sorry, it, this is who I am, and you're going to have to accept it. And he feels so terrible, even to this day. He's like, I just was so scared that that was what I thought 
would protect you and it wasn't. And I, and you're so much happier now. You are who you're supposed to be. So it's, it's, it's the point of all of this is there's not a good portrayal of the actual lives that people like Jack and I live. And granted, they need, there needs to be a portrayal all the way through from every aspect, not just the famous trans women that made it. They have to show, you know, people that trans people are actual people that go to their jobs and work and deal with this, this, this confrontation of people not accepting them because those people have no idea why, what this, where this fear comes from. They have no real education on that trans people are people. And like what she said, when she, like back to the, you know, the author thing, one of the things that she had put out there too, you know, when she's like saying, I don't want this a trans woman in the bathroom in my space because a man could do this. What she's aiming at it is not trans women dressing up. It, she's aiming at a man. At the end of the day, it's a man. It's not a trans woman. She's scared of men still. And that fear that she has towards us is displaced. It needs to be misplaced, excuse me. It needs to be placed on the men that harmed her. And that's unfortunate. And if she took less time pushing that rhetoric, she could probably find some healing in the fact that she was harmed in the bathroom by a man and not a trans woman because a trans woman didn't harm her. So my point is, is that you hear these famous people step out and say these things because they are poorly educated in what this community is about. And as they go spouting off this misinformation, people that are f insanely more uneducated that look up to them start then spreading it and it makes it worse. And what needs to happen is we need to continue to educate properly and change the direction of all of, all of it. Because if we do not change that direction, they're going to continuously hate us for no reason. And people need to see people like Jack and I and people that are like close trans friends of mine that are, are hairdressers and working in salons and, and creating this life for themselves and just living in their authentic truth without walking down a runway, without being on Netflix, without walking, you know, without being this famous personality. They need to see people like us to change that narrative. I mean, I, I think you make an important, um, you know, distinction too of the sort of the the big the big stars of the you know for 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 all the sort of ways that that Caitlyn Jenner is coming out or made people more aware of trans issues. It is a you know two step forward, one step back kind of thing, as as Jack described, and the the importance of trans visibility trans representation is something that's been in the news a lot lately we had sam fader the director of disclosure on a couple weeks ago and you know it it's it's profoundly depressing to hear you bring up jerry springer because like between that or uh buffalo bill from silence of the lambs those kind of uh caricatures uh really did kind did make that those were what people thought of when they thought of trans people for so long. And I think that, uh, well, this is a question for, uh, Jen and Mary, because kind of what's, what's refreshing about Jack and Yaya is that it's, it's a relatively, I don't, I don't, it's not a conflict free narrative, but it's, it's, it's sort of on the lighter side of, of there's, there's not really any, uh, sensationalism. And, you, you know, can you talk a little bit about your influences with, uh, 
the way that 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 narrative took? Um, yeah, so I think Jen and I, um, we definitely uh, had a lot of conversations about kind of, you know, coming obvious, uh, well, you know, coming to this uh, film as, as, you know, um, folks who are maybe not a part of the trans community, and how do we make sure that we're telling stories that are, are respectful and kind and, you know, helping lift up voices without feeling exploit, you know, like we're exploitative at all. So I think we were really thinking about that a lot. And, you know, we, beforehand, we also watched a lot of other existing documentaries that were out there to, you know, um, see what, what stories are out right now. And I think there are a lot of really wonderful films out. Um, and we definitely really enjoyed watching them, but we felt like a lot of the stories, um, um, focused on, you know, they, they felt um, very tailored for, for, for maybe cis people or like, you know, um, really kind of trans, trans 101, you know, a lot of emphasis on, you know, what is the transition process, like all that. And so I think we, we wanted to come to this project really focusing on friendship and the importance of their relationship while never, you know, shying away from the fact that, you know, um, any challenges or anything like that, but really wanting to also talk about Jack and Yaya as people, as friends, as, you know, as a son, as a daughter, you know, all those ways in which um, they live a, um, a beautiful holistic life and wanting to, to make sure that that was at the heart of the film. Um, But Jen, I don't know if you have anything to add. Uh, yeah, I think there was just kind of like an incredible amount or like there is an incredible amount of joy that comes from just being around Jack and Yaya. And I, like, I don't know about Mary, but I just kind of, I just wanted to capture that. And like, it was kind of like, you know, lightning in a bottle. Like I just wanted people to, I wanted to share it with other people and for other people to kind of see uh, the joy and the happiness in being trans and being like a part of our community. There's a scene in particular that, that kind of, really captures what you're talking about it's um you're interviewing i'm almost positive it's it's jack's uncle who is uh he, he's drinking a beer and clearly kind of having a good time but but he really the 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 scene is just really a exuberant he's just saying he 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 loves everybody and it's it's kind of a scene you you can't help but smile at because for a lot of trans people uh, that kind of except you know there's still we, we we for all the for all the progress we've made people are still being thrown out for being trans left and right um there's court cases over the custody of trans ch- children whether they can get treatment or whatnot and i think there is sort of a simple understated power in just hey i have a nephew who's trans i love him i love everybody uh it was it, it's very it was very charming to see yeah, that's Uncle Eddie for you. Um, I think that is another um, kind of um, feedback that I've been hearing from some of my friends who've seen it. Uh, just kind of the idea that, you know, our families, because 
at this point, Yaya's family and my family, we don't really, we all call each other aunt, uncle, like we, my mom, like we just call, that's who they are. Um, so that's really is her blood uncle. Sorry, Yaya. I'm throwing you under the bus there. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't claim his him. Uncle Eddie's a wife. As much as everybody loves him, I choose to not claim him as my <laughs> uncle. So when everyone says, we love Jack's I'll uncle, I'm like, thank you, Jesus. It's all Jack's uncle. All Jack's uncle. <laughs> He's no, like, uncle, yeah. I think um, it's it's funny to see, you know, you don't, you think of understanding queerness or understanding like strong, like, you know, otherness or all these things. Like it takes a, a liberal or a, or this kind of person or somebody who has been like college edu- educated. It has this like, you know, and it's like, no, we just have this like really loving family that are really nuanced. They're all messed up on their own. Um, and they just really just care about us. And, um, that, like you said, is all you need is love. I was going to um, say it's, it's freaking love, Jack. That's what you need. It's not an education. It's freaking love. And I think also just knowing that their intentions have always been, you know, they mess up with pronouns. They mess up with everything, but we know that they, they love us and they support us. And, um, I think that, us being patient with them while they learn to change and, and while they show their support is also kind of a, you know, it took both ways for us to be like, you, here's where you need to be on board and then being like, okay, we're on, we're on the way. The film definitely got me thinking about, I I've had, a you know, I've been out for a couple, a while now and, Occasionally you get people, I don't get it very uh, often uh, much anymore, but people will say like, oh, I don't have a problem with you being trans. And I kind of look at them and I'm like, okay, that's nice. Uh, The the last time it happened, it was a guy who voted for Trump. And I'm like, look, let's be clear. The fact that you voted for Trump is a much bigger stain on your character than my gender identity is on any, but like, I. it's not something that I would go around telling people that I think less of you because you did this. But on the flip side, I, I don't, I, I don't want to hear you say like if you were my boss and you came to me and, and said something like that. That that's especially in California, that's grounds for an HR complaint now. And I like it, it gets you thinking because people can do that with like the best of intentions, and yet at the same time, like. Where people trying to live our lives, I I personally do not want to hear that anymore. And I I think you know it, it, it's something that as I was watching the narrative, I'm reminded, you know, my trans experience is very different from other people's trans experiences, and you know that's okay. And that's you, you know it, it's it's beautiful to see the diversity of uh, within our community. I agree. I I saw this one thing that was funny. It was like. Um, Someone being like, I'm going to tell my kid, even if you're straight, I'll still love you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or um, you see on Twitter, people say, like, cis women are women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, that's funny. I love when people flip it. It makes me so happy because it's like, yeah, how do you like it, you little shit? <laughs> Sorry, am I allowed to curse on here? I just did. I apologize. Yeah. Okay. If because Because one person – Early in our episode, uh, in our run, said fuck every episode. Apple Apple requires explicit ratings on every single episode now. <laughs> oh, so then we're covered. Thanks, guy who or girl, whoever said it. I was not all the way before this. Man, I wasted so much time. Oh. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's 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 the way that goes. But um, I I think also one the I liked how the, the, there's kind of an obvious um, within the film a, a, an attempt to kind of portray people outside the the. What, what you'd expect from like like you wouldn't see a lot you wouldn't expect to see people who looked a lot like your your relatives at, at your conventional like like pride parade you sort of see them more at home at, at a at a gun club and it's not <laughs> explicit and yet it, it does remind you that that allyship comes in many different uh forms and, and not only is that uh important to uh spotlight it's important to just acknowledge because trans people are are in every country, in every culture, it doesn't really matter what your political ideology is or, or sort of how, how you're perceived by the rest of the world. That's true. Our family is, is just as colorful as, a, as, as the pride flag, as any other thing. They are crazy, accepting, and it, it, it's funny to me too, like you, you hear my, my mom say it a lot in there where she was, she knew from the beginning with me and she made sure her siblings, when they looked like they were unsure of how they felt, knew that at the end of the day, she was going to kick their ass if they didn't just love me the same and treat me the same. And the, the point is, is that there's so many people that are taught to not look at people the same, that when you see people like our family loving us the way they do, it changes perspectives. It genuinely opens eyes because they're like, that guy's toting a shotgun and shooting deer and he, he loves his son and he's, and they're like, Oh, and that crazy uncle Eddie, he looks like a cursing truck driver and he loves both of them. You know what I mean? They see these different forms of people that did not give, did not give a fuck about what we or who we are. And they chose to love us anyway, even though how they were raised it was they were raised to basically, you know, like my grandma said, I was raised Catholic, and we all know how the Catholic Church is. And it took her, you know, where she love openly loving the two of us and and my siblings, because my both of my siblings are LGBT. They're both gay, so she got three LGBT grandchildren out of the mix, and she chose to openly love and protect us, regardless of what she was taught and brought up. It's so when you see that, and you see that you don't have to truly believe what you were brought up as. That excuse is thrown out the window, and you have no choice but to confront your own issue with the problem to fit with, with trans, not that trans people are a problem, but with the problem within themselves to then accept and love them or leave them alone and let them be who they are and go your separate way and stop being toxic. So it's wonderful, that aspect of my family, which is why I was glad that Jen and Mary, even though they included Uncle Eddie, which is good in hindsight, um, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm admitting it even though it He's makes me cringe. And I think it's because I cringe every time I see him that the universe is like, ha ha, ya ya, gotcha. Because they're like, his quote is on everything and that was the one thing I was like, did you really have to put him there? Um, but it was just funny. It, it's, it's, it was really good. It was, it was good for people to see that because as you can see, everybody's holding on to what he said. And I know they're looking at it like, this doesn't look like the typical pride baron flag, P flag family member. This is someone totally different. 
and it's a great thing. So one of my favorite parts of the film is the fact that uh, it includes so much extensive uh, archival footage. Uh, do you think that when uh, when the home videos were being made that anybody had an idea that they would uh, someday find themselves into a LGBTQ documentary later on? I mean, maybe, because my dad did um, kind of, I guess my mom, I didn't know this until watching the film, which is kind of interesting. There's a few... Um, so I, I wasn't around for, well, Yaya and I were only around for our own interviews, but we didn't see any of our family get, um, interviewed for the film. And, um, my mom says at one point, uh, I remember your dad, um, I can't remember exactly what she says, but kind of just like asked her like, Oh, do you think our oldest is gay? And kind of like testing her about like what she thought, um, and so, I mean, I think that some of our family, and I remember before I, you know, because I did come out first as gay and then later as trans, but I remember when I was younger, before I came out as gay, like, I remember my uncle asking me, are you gay? And I, I was like, no. <laughs> um, but I think, like, they might have, I don't think they thought it would be part of this, but I think they knew that we were all, you know, I think they could see who we were. Yeah, I think they could see who we were. Yeah. I always I so I found the uh, uh scene where where you get a a doll and then say that that Yaya will be so excited to play with it showing showing obvious disinterest in <laughs> what did seem to be a pretty fun toy. Um <laughs> it, it, it reminded me <laughs> It reminded me when I was little, I think I was like three or four. My my earliest trans like uh big sign was I, I was three or four and my parents asked me what I wanted for Christmas. I was like a dollhouse. It, it it's funny to think about as a um sort of an er, early trans indicator or at least the idea that something was up. I mean, I like to always preface that kind of stuff with just an acknowledgement that uh you know, showing signs of potentially being gay or trans, you know, there's fluidity, there's nonconformity, all of that is, is good. But, um, it was, it was interesting to see the, the kind of the humorous reception that that kind of act got. Uh, you can think of a time when, you know, a, a kid could get beaten up for playing with it. There was, uh, Kevin Hart when he was, uh, stepped down from hosting the Oscars, one of his tweet was that if, if his uh, kid was playing with a doll, he would uh, beat him over the head with it and say that's gay. And that was supposed to be a joke, but uh, I, I don't really find that very funny. Um, it, it's interesting, like back in the 80s, to see that, that uh, there was such a good reception to that. I mean, in the 80s, the, some, am I supposed to answer this or can I? I don't know. Is oh, that... Yeah, Everett, jump in, anyone who wants well, to. Well, growing up, okay, growing up in the 80s, it's, it's weird. I always say that I'm a bad trans person. I say that I'm America's sweetest trans person or the best, whatever I say. I joke about it because then I have this weird view because I grew up in a household where people would say things like that, but, it, but they also would protect me uncontrollably and their whole idea changed so like where kevin hart has a giant platform where that looks perceivably terrible to say which it is do i think he really would have beat his son over the head with it i think he was vying for some weird attention from the toxic masculine aspect of saying that which is not good which is what makes it bad but growing up in the 80s we were just accustomed to saying 
shit that didn't necessarily mean they didn't actually mean. And I, I don't know. It, it's such, it's such a weird thing because like, like I got yelled at for playing with a doll and years later, my mom said that doll made you so happy. I feel so terrible about ever doing that to you and yelling at you. And all you wanted to do was play with that doll. And at first I, I was thinking she was talking about the dolls I stole from Jack and traded with, my boy toys with his toys and that wasn't what she was talking about there was a a holiday barbie that she um had hidden that i found everywhere she hid it and took it out of the box and ruined it as a collective collector's item because i just wanted so bad to play with this barbie and that was the doll she was talking about and while she's explaining this to me the first thing she said was i just didn't want anybody to hurt you So her saying that and telling me, you know, stop playing with this doll and yelling at me and punishing me, it wasn't necessarily because the fact of me playing with it. It was the fact that she was afraid someone would hurt me for playing with it. So it became she was going to be the one to say the harmful thing first so no one else then could. And she would have what she thought was protect me from what could have happened from someone else. So it, it's, it's such a confusing thing have grown up there because then those same people, as you see in the documentary, open their hearts and everything to us and will absolutely protect us whenever. Like you can't say anything or hurt or anything bad about us ever or try to or, or, or anything to just, you know, you know, just, just to be an asshole, you can't do that to us anywhere near any one of our family members. And that's what makes it confusing about things that have been said back then about that, because it's like, look who my family is, look what they have said. And now look what they'll do for me. So it's, it's all about the growth of the person and then learn because they have to learn from where they came from. They have to learn what they said was wrong and make sure that it doesn't get repeated. And that they know at the end of the day that we are who we are and that they love us no matter what we choose, what path we choose to go in life. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Jack, do you have any anything you want to add to the uh, before we move on from your uh, old Christmas toys? Um, no, I mean, I think it was just like a, a tender moment of my family also knew that I didn't really want that in, in a weird way. I think I think it was kind of a subtle, like almost test from my, I, I don't know why. Cause my mom also know, knew at that point I didn't want to play with like in quotes, girl toys. And I loved Ninja Turtles and they knew this and I loved football and they knew this. I played, I did karate and they, so I had a lot of like, you know, tomboy to that, to them. And back then uh, as hobbies and, and things I was interested in. And so I will when I got that, my parents gave that gift to me. I almost was wondering if it was like a last ditch effort to be like, "Would you play with this?" Um, and uh, yeah, we did. I did give it to Yaya, and she did play with it. And I was glad. I remember thinking, "Oh, Santa, man, you really messed up these houses." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so I wanted to talk a little bit about coming out, which is a subject that uh, everybody on this podcast can talk about. Uh, and I think that uh, everybody here would have uh, very different coming out stories. But what kind of interested me about uh, so for both of you, Jack and Yaya, you uh, both came out as uh, you know related to your sexuality before your gender identity. And uh, as the film depicts, you kind of, for lack of a better word, you kind of came out together. 
mm-hmm. if that if that makes sense, if that's accurate. Well, <laughs> Jack kind of threw me out of the closet. But <laughs> I didn't open the door. <laughs> I think he kind of like opened it and shoved me and then jumped on me as comfort. I think that's a better way. Like, no, like I, I was his protection from floor is lava. That's what I was like his, you know, the floor was lava. He threw me in. No, the floor was rainbow. He threw me into it and then jumped on me to make sure it was safe. And I was like, okay, we're here. Just go. And then he jumped in. <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's, I know you're wrong. You're gay. Um, okay, bye. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> and then proceeded. Yeah, I yeah. said you're gay and so am I. <laughs> But oh, good times. I, I thought I figured out why we were really, you know, I mean, not until recently have we as a, I think, as have I, I'll speak for myself, is like within the past 10 years being able to understand differences of gender and sexuality and how they're just such different, you know, spectrums and learning about uh, when I was younger in the blue collared South Jersey town that we grew up in, it was just like, was gay and that's it like you know i didn't really even know i didn't even know a trans person until i was in college and even then i was just like just like almost this weird fascination i'm like wait what you can do that i didn't know um so i think i tied the two together um and as i grew up and read more and learned more i realized you know gender and sexuality are just completely different and um I knew when I was younger that I wanted to be with a woman, which is, I knew I want, I knew I felt like being a boy and that I also was going to marry a woman. Like I knew what my sexuality was. I just didn't know my gender could also um, be as on a spectrum and free. Um, And I think that when playing house with Yaya, we figured out our sexuality, which our sexuality is, you know, she dates men and I date women. And I think that it was like, tying our gender into that kind of like even come into a later uh, if that makes any sense yeah I, I think and I'm kind of reminded of a certain there there is this bizarre um, suggestion among the gender, gender critical bunch that um, it's somehow more society societally uh, palatable to be trans than gay which I, I couldn't even begin to think about how, how, how ridiculous that is. But um, it, it, it reminds, I mean, it seems like coming out in, in today's day and age is such like a kind of who cares thing. Like, you know, why do you, I mean, some people say, why do you even need to broadcast it? Obviously every kind of everybody here knows why that's uh, something that people would, would want to, to, to broadcast. But, I, I think it, it it serves as a good reminder for the challenges that so many people uh, still this still face, and the closet is still a scary place. And it wasn't even I mean it wasn't until last month that you couldn't be fired for being gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to think. Yeah, it's uh, it, it it's such a it's such a sort of a, a existential um, struggle, and, and and even I I. I get a lot of dms from from trans people who are vast majority of whom are in the closet they're asking for help and all of them say like you know how do i come out of the closet the right way and i'm say honestly if if 
like if it's if the best case scenario is this thing is is cringy and horrible and uh you think it sucks 100 percent. i mean that's probably a good coming out (laughs) yeah i mean there's there really is no right way to do it you do it when you're ready and you're that's the right way doesn't matter how you it doesn't matter what is like scary about it that's i i mean i mean it does matter it's terrifying but i mean it's just you just freaking you you do it. You do it when you're ready, no matter what, and that's the right time. Even if, you know, you're like, oh, is this really it? Oh, I gotta do this. Bye. Okay, yes. That's what you gotta do. Because Yaya and I came out to each other years before we came out to any family member. Like the two of us had this conversation when we were we were like 15 years old. Um, and then didn't say anything to our families. We just told each other, well. I told her. <laughs> uh, and yeah. then we, we talked about it and we were just young. We were like, okay, well, this is between us. This is, this is what we have to do. And I remember being like, either we have to fix this or just own, own it. And obviously it morphed into many different, like, you know, learning about ourselves and, and different journeys. And, but yeah, Mary and Jen. <laughs> yeah. How was, how was your coming out? Obviously, it's a little embarrassing. Um, Let's hear it. I I mean, it's your turn to be filmed. (laughs) I know, right? This is a good taste of our own medicine. Um, I I mean, for me, I was—I felt like I was pretty lucky. I mean, it's interesting, like looking back on my journals. I like made like long pro and con lists about like who to tell, what they could possibly think if I told them, you know. And when I did eventually, t- <laughs> I, I, I shouldn't laugh, but when I, I came out to my parents, I ran and hid in my closet, which like, you know, as an like, angsty 15 year old, I was totally unaware of like how emo that was. Um, but, you know, I was pretty lucky that um, I had a supportive family and, you know, uh, my friends are at the time or are now all pretty much varying shades of queer from high school. So, you know, I found, I found some support. So I feel pretty lucky. Um so, um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's always scary and hard, even, you know, even when you're around folks who, who, who might be accepting just, you know, I don't know, it's a big thing to reveal. Also, like, you're 15, you don't want to tell your parents you're like, thinking about kissing girls, you're just like, Oh, I don't want to tell you anything. So, <laughs> um, but I, I feel super lucky. Yeah, uh, well, I feel like, I knew for a while, right? And I think it was like totally official when I when I saw Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me, because <laughs> um, of Heather Graham. And I was just I remember thinking that in my uh, in my head while I was watching the movie. I was like, okay, yes, it's official. I am super gay, um, but I didn't come. Out, I well, I came out to one friend, my best friend Billy. Um, I think when I was around 21 and then I didn't start like dating, like fully dating girls until I was like 24. So it was actually quite a long road for me. My family's like pretty conservative. Um, you know, they weren't then obviously, but a few of them are, are, uh, are fans of our president right now. Um, so it was a little, it was a little scary for me for sure. It is interesting. We have a really great diversity of, of uh, sexuality uh, on this episode, in addition to, to gender identity. And it made me think about, I actually like kind of came out as bi after I came out as trans, but it was kind of just like a, a, a sort of more of an addendum 
easy, easy thing that just kind of came out one day in, in, in conversation with my parents and yeah, it's, I'm getting like cringes even thinking about it. So <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted, I wanted to ask a question about, so this is a question I, I've asked directors before, especially directors for documentaries, the, the kind of the idea of, of when bookending a narrative like Jack and Yaya must've been kind of a challenge. Cause even like, listening to the 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 report they have now it's it's like you could i would probably just want to follow around with a camera for like till like the end of time and keep at you always find stuff that you could then add i'm sure you've kind of encountered this in 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 promotion so can you talk a little bit the challenges of of when a documentary is over because all things have a beginning a middle and an end even if like real life doesn't always function that way Sure. Um, well, I think the initial plan was to film for just a year, basically, um, because, well, for a lot of reasons, I think the main reason was, uh, you know, financially, we didn't have a whole lot of uh, backing. So we were, we were kind of doing it out of our own pockets. So we didn't want to spend too much money. Uh, so we just kind of put a year cap on it. And then I think the other reason was that we were just like eager to to get it out, you know? We were like, this, we need people to meet Jack and Yaya. We need people to see this. I think also we we were lucky too that we were able to bring in someone from like outside, like a, a, we have our executive producer, Georgie Cruz, who came in. Um, he's awesome. He, you know, is just like, he had so much experience. Um, you know, he just released his own documentary, Funny Pains, but he was able to come in and kind of, give us that outside perspective too. Cause I think we had like a, we had like two or two and a half hours on our first cut, obviously. And we were just like, Oh my God, how are we ever going to like narrow this down? And I felt like it was really important to get like an outside perspective in because, you know, we're both pretty enamored with Jack and Yaya and their whole family. So we thought like every single moment we filmed like had to be in it. And it was good for him to be like, okay, that's a great scene, but like, let's, let's try and really make sure there's a, you know, that's part of the story. So we had to kind of um, get rid of some awesome scenes, but we've been trying to include them on social media. So I think for us, it was important too, to have someone who was, had a, a slightly different perspective to be able to kind of help us craft that narrative or else we could have ended up with, you know, like four hours of just nonstop Jack and Yaya, which, you know, I think would have been great. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is definitely something that, Every filmmaker needs to... I, I also, even just from a critical lens, when I'm watching once movies past like the two and a half hour mark, that's when I start rethinking, like, did this scene need to be there? Did that scene need to be there? So it's definitely interesting to think about. I would, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up an aspect of the uh, film that, that gave me great personal... Um, I... I it, it, it sort of validated uh, a part of my own transition that that is kind of will has followed me and will follow me, and it's actually something that we had uh, after recording in one of our other episodes. I'd explained the tremendous pain in the ass that uh, a lot of trans people have to face, and that is with uh, name change. And I'd actually, uh, I wish it, I wish we'd been recording it because I said I said I don't know if anyone if any states still require this, but in some of them you have to, when you change your name, you have to, uh, you have to take out a newspaper ad announcing your change. And lo and behold, a few days later, I watched 
Jack and Yaya, and there's this long sequence of I I I feel so much for for Yaya having to go through that absolute uh, BS, and it kind of validated the my decision to you know go through life as a uh, transsexual woman with uh, named Ian Thomas, which causes me uh, great consternation practically once a week. <laughs> it it is. It well, for me that was something that like I when I first looked into it, um, I saw all the things I had to do and I immediately was discouraged. And a few years later, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. And then I felt like there was even more things added that I didn't realize were there the first time. And then I just finally just put it off. And you know, I had the only thing that saved me was that I had. I had it out with a manager at my old restaurant years ago. And in order for him to get back in my good graces, he called corporate and had them switch my name to Chrissy and everything in our system so that my name wouldn't appear Christopher on the checks anymore and all that, which was the one and only good thing he had done for me at that time, well, ever. And um, that was the only thing there that had saved me so much grief because that was my biggest burden. It was, you know, I hated printing out my checks because I could write Chrissy on my name tag and tell them that was my name. And then they look at the top of the check, you know, and see Christopher. And that was horrifying to me. And and even so there was this one time I had this, this young woman with her, um, I believe it was her daughter. I couldn't even, it was just a young woman and her child. I can't remember what, you know, but um, at the end of, at the end of it, um, she her check was like $22 or something like that. She tipped me over what she paid and wrote, you are so beautiful on the back. And um, I know that was because she, she like kind of like saw my name and she, cause she like kind of like, un, not, I don't want to say underlined it, but she put like a mark near it. So I knew that's why. And she was like, you're so beautiful. Thank you. And then she, I've, I put it, I actually posted that receipt on my Facebook because I was like, that made me really happy. Now, Later that week, I had a uh, older couple, and um, he looked down at my name and gave me this like terrible glare, and I and I was like, "Oh, you're already just get out of my section. You ate. Just I don't even care. You're ugly, and your wife needs a manicure." And I went on with my day, and at the time, I was also working at Walmart. And sure enough, that next Sunday, they came walking down my line, saw me, took their stuff off the cart that they had started to put on there, and went to another line. I laughed hysterically and said out loud, I didn't want to check you out anyway. And then, you know, so for years, I just kind of dealt with it. And, you know, even the one trip I took to All-American Goddess in Ohio um, one of the first pageants that accepted fully transitioned um, trans women. Uh, I went there with my friend Jose and we stopped at a rest stop and I had to use my card, my debit card, which said Christopher. And the woman, now mind you, I was nervous because we're in the middle of, you know, I'm watching all these future Trump supporters and I'm like, oh shit, um, this is scary. And I'm like trying to rush because they're all walking in and doing pipelines in the Appalachians and I'm like, oh shit. And then um, sure enough, the woman screams. She goes, my mom wanted to name me a boy name too. And she just didn't have the courage. She goes, I'm so, I love that. That's unique. And I was like, oh, you bitch. But she genuinely thought that I was a woman and my, well, I am, but I mean, she saw me as a woman and, but she didn't even notice that there was still an M marker at the gender. 
she just saw Christopher was like, my mom wanted to name me a boy name too. And I, and, and she didn't have the guts to do it. She's like, good for your mom. She's like, I love that. That's amazing. I was like, yeah, I just tell my friends to call me Yaya or Christina. It doesn't matter. Or Chrissy just to not confuse anybody. And she goes, you good for you girl. And then that was it. And I was, and my friend Jose looked at me and he was like, oh, you, you, you got her. She didn't know. And I, and I laughed and we just went to, you say spook the girls. And I said, oh, oh my, no, we sure didn't. And we went over and left and went, proceeded to our long trip to the pageant in Ohio. But it was great. It was, it was, it was a great moment because then I was like, oh, maybe I don't have to do this. But sure enough, it just got to the point where I was like, I can't. Anytime I looked down at it, I started to feel like anxious. And like, even though my picture was different, and I, like I had my female picture there, I was like, oh, I just, Christopher just, it wasn't me. It just isn't. And it wasn't until Mary and Jen were like, we're going to do this. We're going to get this done. And Jack, and we sat there and we went through everything that we were just like, okay. And Jack, Jack going into Boston going, I just walked in and got it done and left. I'm like, you asshole. <laughs> I, why can I do that? You know? So that's nuts. But they still yeah. do that. Did you have to, for, so it was, it was, did you have to announce the ad for two weeks? Is is that, was that the standard or? Uh, yeah. Right. It was, yeah. the ad was run for two weeks and then two weeks before my name changed, two weeks after my name changed. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. yeah. That's- They're just trying to see if anybody was going to be like, oh, she owes me money, but I didn't. That's so what they say. Yeah, huh? that's, uh, that's what they say. Yeah. That's a very archaic. Um, there's it- this- Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 you're fine. Well, I was just going to point out um, there's the book about uh, Nicole Maines's uh, transition called Becoming Nicole and and in because she she transitioned uh, at a very very young age and there's a scene where her mother goes to court to petition the judge to say like look my kid is not not really out this is like a like to change her name this is ridiculous like this is a minor can we bypass this and it, it it's like that was a while ago so to think that uh, people are still uh, still dealing with that is uh, mm-hmm. absolutely horrifying yeah. Yeah. So at, oh. No, 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 go ahead. I was just going to say it really is, but the, we, we, we clarify that. We know. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, I, I, I'm, I'm really glad that, um, you included that in the film, Jen and Mary, because, um, I don't ever really hear. I, it was something that I, I myself was not really super aware was still a thing that's done in uh, places. You, you're in New Jersey, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I am. Yeah, so that's like you know we're not dealing with rural Mississippi here. We're dealing with a, a state that is ostensibly a, a bluer state, and that's still just such a such a horrible thing. New Jersey too is like our governor like. He has really like put a lot of effort in protecting trans people and LGBT people in general, um, which it's still shocking. I mean, he's fairly a new governor to the state, but I mean, it's just there's so many more things that need to be fixed in New Jersey with, you know, the LGBT community um, through the government and medically and everything that it's just it just it shocks me. Like you see some states like like Massachusetts where certain cities make it really easy and then you go to New Jersey where everything seems like it's really easy and it's really not it's it's I don't like that th- that some states will put that facade on like oh yes we protect the- them and then the moment we try to do what we need to do for ourselves it's like oh no but wait 
there's more and then you're all screwed. And then, you know, it's just confusing and pretty stupid, which I hope somehow he gets to hear this and we'll look into fixing it. Hopefully let's pray. So before I ask my final question, I wanted to, I had in my notes two very, very, very important, uh, uh, items that I spotted in the background of that, that made me as a uh, East Coast transplant living in California very jealous. I saw at one point uh, somebody on a table had a can of pomegranate polar seltzer, which a flavor that I cannot get on the West Coast, although we did find it. Uh, we found black cherry, lime, lemon, and pink grapefruit. I know all of them all off the top of my head at Costco the other day. And then in Jack's closet at one point, he was drinking Shipyard Pumpkinhead, which I have never been able to... You can't even really find that one in Connecticut that well sometimes. So that was another uh, point of uh, immense jealousy to delicious drinks that I wish I was having right now. Um, we can so, send you some. I know. Let's do it. I'm not, I'm not sure it's legal to send Shipyard across. Uh, maybe. I don't know. That's, yeah. uh, there's so, well, at least so the good. seltzer. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay, I do love we got you. Wait before you open it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are. Uh, it's, it's such a good flavor. But um, so the film just came out. It came out June twenty sixth, right? Nineteenth. June nineteenth. Okay, maybe. The, well, okay. it took June a while 19th. to get to Amazon too. So, but there we're finally all on board. <laughs> So the film just came out. You want to tell us? So, I mean, these are doc documentaries, especially live in the filmmakers' heads for so long. And then, you know, finally the day comes where, uh, you know, you get to actually, people get to watch it. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the uh, release and the reception? And uh, also just the challenges of promoting a film in, um, I don't know if anybody's noticed, but there's this uh, thing that's going around called the coronavirus. Uh, oh, God, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't. I've, I know. <laughs> I didn't want you to think I was actually being serious because I did sound serious. I scared myself. <laughs> I mean, I think it's been it's been so fun to finally have the the film out. You know, we we been for so long. People saying, "How can I watch? How can I watch? How can I watch?" You know, I mean, I'm sure this won't surprise you, but like Jack and I are the most popular people I've ever met in my life. So like they each have like a thousand friends who are always like that. We want to see, we want to see. So I think it's just been so fun for all those folks to finally be able to see. And, you know, it's, it's really nice to hear, you know, whether it's through social media or in person or text, you know, that I think folks are really connecting to the film and feeling, you know, at a time, I think when we all, you know, need energy to continue fighting all the various injustices that are going on um, that Jack and Yaya gives a little hope, which I think is, is really important right now. I know I need it some days. So um, I think it's just been so great. You know, it's, it's a, it's a challenge to put out a film, you know, we're, you know, Jen and, and I are, we're a super small team. We have a couple other people who helped us, but you know, and, uh, but but yeah, it's I'm rambling, but it's it's just so nice. I'm really happy to have it out in the world finally. Jack and I are great. We love them. Love you. Love you. Well, I actually, I kind of have a, a follow up with that that kind of jog jog my mind because um, there's so many people out there right now. Uh, we we've we've talked about how the coronavirus has especially afflicted members of the LGBTQ community from. 
like if, if you're let's say you're a, you're a college student college is a you know time for a lot of people to come out because they're finally away from the uh restraints of uh conservative like footloose style family homes and um for a lot of those people they got that sort of taste of liberation and then kind of thrown uh literally in some cases back into the closet but one thing that your that Jack and Yaya as a film uh, accomplishes quite well is, uh, you know, transitioning is such a lonely experience a lot of the time, and it doesn't need to be that way. There's so many support groups and uh, places that somebody can find community, but it's touching to see how uh, you two found uh, comfort in each other and your lifelong companionship. But for people uh, at home who are, are feeling alone, you, you can kind of... Um, watch the film and see that, uh, you know, the, the beginning of a transition journey can feel daunting and scary and you think your whole world's going to change. And then you see the, uh, family members interacting and having a good time. And you realize that, that maybe things don't have to change as, as much as you think they would. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. And I think that, um, is something that I had to learn. I feel like Yaya, um, for me, she, she just was so brave from the beginning, um, about transitioning and about sharing her experiences with me. And she started her transition process before I did. And, um, though I had it in me, I think I was scared of what you were saying is like, is everything going to change? And there's some degree of coming out that you don't realize that like, you know, I had to like almost come out to my, like my landlords, you know, um, which is just something I didn't think about it initially and then they were receptive and I think that as many ideas and you have of like people thinking all these negative things I've had way more affirmations way more support way more love and way more kind of the same like life like nothing in my life has changed too much um I mean in that in a simplified way it's like my family's still my family my friends are still my friends they don't, my, my humor stayed the same. My, most of my like life has kind of stayed the same. Um, and so that is like really reassuring. And I think, you know, off, oftentimes we do think that coming, being our true selves is, is too much, but I think it's like really the only point of living and like connecting and, and, you know, being who we are. I think that's a really great way of uh, putting things. And I think that um, I'm reminded of a term we've used uh, sort of in uh, sort of what's what's next for the, the, the genre of trans story t- storytelling as a whole and something that uh, in my writing and I've tried to talk, explain to my uh, cisgender agent about is like the, the idea of uh, radical normalcy like the the trans person narrative who, who doesn't get murdered at the end yeah. that kind of stuff and uh I, I think the documentary is a really good achievement of uh c- celebrating the simple the simple uh things in life that maybe some people take for granted so uh I, i'd really like to thank everybody for coming on i think this was a really really fascinating uh conversation and a great way to uh talk about the film uh you want to go around and uh everybody tell us what's what's next for you and uh where we can find you 
Ooh. Oh, I should I I should with four people. In. Uh, why don't we go first with Mary? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So if uh, folks want to follow the film, get any information, we post a lot of fun behind the scenes stuff. Um. And all that. Um. We're on Instagram at Jack and Yaya Film and newly to Twitter, also Jack and Yaya Film. And we're also on Facebook. Um. So folks should join in on the fun. Uh. We just uh posted uh. The whole family playing Dizzy Bat on uh, mm. from a past July Fourth, so that's the kind of uh, those kind of gems you can go there to find. So give us a follow. And Jen, um, yeah, uh, I'm work right now. We were, we were supposed to be doing a short, short documentary, uh, but that's been put on hold because the subject is in her 70s, and we want to be very careful about protecting our health or her health. Um, but so I have taken to writing and I'm, I've started a kind of like a queer horror movie because I haven't seen that many of those. And I think there need to be more of those. And it's based on uh, my life living with uh, my dad as a police officer. Let us let's reverse the stars of the film. Let's go with Yaya first. <laughs> Okay, thank you for throwing me off. I was waiting to see what Jack was going to say. Um, <laughs> good job. So I don't really know what's next for me. I am currently just working. I am just living my life as a fiancé slash stepmom and just trying to go forward in, you know, everything in the rest of my transition and getting that completed to what I want to do with it and, um, you know, just trying to live my best life and, you know, just stay positive as I can and just go forward. You know, this world's crazy and I'm going to show them I'm crazier. Yes. Well, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and Jack? Uh, yeah, so I guess I have been... Uh, you know, working up in Boston up until the pandemic hit. And then I started to um, refocus my time on making art. Um, I just started, I got a website up. It's uh, jackmilliganart.com. And I'm doing small, um, I can do custom work and all that kind of stuff. And so I've been putting a lot of my energy into that because um, it's important for me at this time, while I have the time off to, try and be as creative as I can and use my skill set to, um, I donate 25% of the sales while well, I redistribute them to help end systemic oppression. Um, and some of the harm it causes it causes. Um, so I'm kind of just trying to focus my art skill set right now to, uh, anti-racism activities and supporting my black trans sisters and my trans community. Um, so that's kind of what I'm up to in Boston, enjoying some nice weather, walking my dog, listening to records, farting around. Well, that's always, uh, you know, it's great to hear that you uh, have been uh, active with your art because I think that's a common thing that I've been hearing from people lately is that it's challenging in this climate to uh, want to create or express themselves. And uh, I think that's, Probably part of the reason Animal Crossing took off so big uh, as a as sort of an outlet for people to to do that. But um, I think that's just to hear somebody saying I'm painting is just like ah uh, somebody somebody's making it through this mess. But, uh, that's always great to hear. 
And uh, I wanted to thank everybody for coming on. We've we've set a record for number of uh, people on the the show at one time, and we have had our fifth and sixth directors uh, in a one month span, which is very cool. I always like when we get to have filmmakers on and talk about their work. It's always uh, very exciting. So uh, thank you to everybody so much for coming on, and to our listeners, thank you so much. We will see you next. Time.